Listen to Pastor Franz for the unadulterated word of God. Rightly dividing the word of truth, unraveling mysteries, and preaching Jesus Christ as God Almighty. Today's message. That's why the Bible says be sober. I'm, I'm glad that it was Peter who wrote it. Be sober. I've learned my lesson. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walketh about. Walketh about. Remember Peter, when they got to them, the, the Mount of Transfiguration. You remember about that story? And then he saw Moses. Bah. He saw Elijah. Bah. Peter won't wait. If you read the Bible, the Bible says he didn't know what to say. If you don't know what to say, won't you shut up? Or, or you don't know? He didn't know what to say. And then he didn't know what to say. Rather said nonsense. Oh, let, let, let build one in temple here. One temple here. Let, let, let. Praise the Lord. Let's read it so that it don't look like I'm spoiling Peter's name. You know, some people, some Christians don't like those things I'm saying now. Who are you to talk against Peter like? I know Saint Peter. Saint Peter. He's Saint Peter. I'm not spoiling his name. I'm showing you the mistakes he did. And we all did it. I mean, all the men of God in the Bible, because they were men of God, they made mistakes, including Abraham. Mark chapter 9, verse 2 to 8. Amen. And after six days, Peter taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and leadeth them up into the high mountain. Did I say Peter? Jesus, right? After six days, did I say Peter took him? Okay, let me go back. You see that me to have made a mistake. Because I am a man. <laughs> Hallelujah. After six days, Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain, apart by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. And his remnants became shining, exceedingly white as snow, so as no so as no so as no fuller of on earth can white them, praise the Lord. And there appeared unto them aliens with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter answered. Nobody asked him. You get the point? Nobody asked him. Answered and said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses and one for Elias. Who told you that's what they do? Go on for me. For he wished not what to say, for they were so afraid. He don't know what to say. Keep quiet. Did you catch it? A lot of people do that too. When something happens, you don't know the thing. Just don't talk. You are wiser if you don't talk. If you talk, it reveals your foolishness. He didn't know what to say. Why don't you just keep quiet? As you do, just say what you don't know what to say. Amen. But that is what Peter did. So learn from Peter. Let's go on till we get to eight. And there was a cloud that overshadowed them. And a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. Hear him. And suddenly, when they had looked around about, they saw no man anymore, save Jesus only with themselves. What does it mean? 
Moses not important anymore. Elijah not important anymore. Put your focus on Jesus. Because he was talking to, he was relating to Jews. And the Jews have backload of memories of Moses, of Elijah, of Jeremiah, of how many of them? Micah. They know great men of God. Abraham. He said, look, I brought you examples of the people you pride in and clear them. He said, this is the one, hear him. This is my beloved son. Focus on him. Forget about Moses. Forget about Elijah. This is a new era. Hear him. Praise the Lord. Did I say something? Did it make sense? That is why when Jesus was talking with his disciples in John chapter 14, from verse 7, he said, if you know me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him, and I've seen him. And then Philip said, show us the father, and we'll be happy about that. He said, have I been long time with Philip, and yet have no known me? He that has seen me has seen the father. And how said thou then? Show us the father. What does it mean? Stop thinking about the father. In case the father also came with Moses and, and, and Elijah, and the cloud came upon them, all of them will go, and it will be Jesus alone. It means that focus on me. There is no other father. If you see me, you have seen the father. Focus on me. Oh, but you've been saying my father, my father. Yes, I've been saying my father because I want you to know you can be made a king. Praise the Lord. But each time they came to Jesus and they are trying to pry. In John chapter 5, verse 39 and 40, he said, go and search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. Is it not the father who gives eternal life? Is the one who will take us to heaven. The father gives it. Go and search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. But, and they are they which test about me to you. You will believe the person. Right? Because you don't know me very well. But if you know me, when the person starts talking, you say, oh, stop it. Not that man. Something must be wrong somewhere. Not that man. Do you know why? I know him. I know him. So, we are to be witnesses to God. Because God will change his face. God will now make it look like he's the Apha. Or Samuel was going to, who, who was going to sacrifice, whereas he was going to anoint a king. That pattern will happen. When that pattern happens, he expects us to know him. In Isaiah chapter 43, verse 10 and 11, he said, Ye are my witnesses. Right? Say the Lord and my servant, whom I have chosen, that ye may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, there was no God formed. That's God speaking here. And that is where Jesus was said, called the only wise God, our Savior. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord. I'm beside me. There is no Savior. The only wise God, our Savior, Jude 1.25. He said, you better know before you can go and witness about me. There's no God beside me. There's no Savior beside me. And what did Jesus say about witnessing? He had God, the only wise God, the only Savior, whom beside there was no God said, you are my witness. 
And in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus also came in and said, that you shall receive power. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, Holy Ghost is coming to guide you into all truth. So when he guides you into truth, knowledge will make you receive power. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost part of the earth, including Ghana. Right? You shall be, wit you shall be witnesses unto who? Jesus. That means, and Jesus, we know him as the Savior. And so if Jesus is the Savior and Jesus is telling us in the New Testament, we will witness unto him. And in the Old Testament, God said, you are my witnesses and you should know that I am he. I am somebody. I'm a third person. And beside me, there is no Savior. And Jesus, who we know as a Savior, say now it is me you are going to witness unto then who is Jesus? That God, who is the only God. Praise the Lord. This is for the wise people. It's for people who eat meat and strong meat in the Bible. Praise the Lord. Is it making sense at all? So you see, when you look at the pattern and the clues that I'm telling you, then you will now understand that, ah, so Abraham was a strategy. Uh -huh. Because the God we are talking about is a God of strategies. Abraham was a strategy. Today I was talking to God while studying. I said, God, show me a little bit about why you decided to pick Abraham or pick one man. Because I've known that you picked Abraham. He said, because when you have a lot of people, you can't easily manage their problems. But when you pick one, you can manage the problem until it grows and grows and grows and grows. You keep managing the problem. So there were other righteous people that I should have picked. But the, the, the favor fell on Abraham. You get it? And you know why it happened that way? Before the Tower of Babel, it was one language, one family, one people. You can call it one tribe. Before the Tower of Babel. Then when they were doing something God didn't like, God sat down and said, how can I handle this situation? I need to program it. Remember there was a time Moses was having problem with his administration of the people and he went to uh, the wife's father, the father-in-law, and the father-in-law sat him down and said, look, get other people to handle some things for you so you can focus. God has nobody to handle any tribe for him so he can focus. So let me take one to focus on that one. Let's put this one aside first so that by the time I deal with this one and manage their growth and manage their growth and manage their growth, in the end, I'll rope everybody in because there have been a progressive development of one that has become what I actually want. And because of that, I can now make it bigger. Why do architects do caricature building before they build? Because going through to build, you may make a mistake. So they have to draw and then build the thing small. And while they are building it small, they will be looking at it to build. That is what God did with Abraham. He picked Abraham. 
And from Abraham, he moved to Isaac. From Isaac, he moved to Jacob. And you notice when you follow it, he said, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That means I picked you, but I'm looking at everyone. So the people that are pushed aside, you are not better than them. I'm running my strategy. Hallelujah. So you see, at that time, there was Abimelech. I showed you Abimelech the other time in Genesis chapter 20. Let's read a little bit about it from verse 3. Abimelech. But God came to Abimelech in the dream by night and said unto him, Behold, thou art but a dead man. For the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. And Abimelech had not come near her. And he said, Lord, would thou slay also a righteous nation? Into uh, to you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Abimelech nation was a righteous nation, even when Abraham had been chosen. And but Abimelech had not come. Go back, righteous nation. Yeah, move on. Said he unto me, she is my sister, and she even herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart, that's Abimelech speaking, oh, and the innocency of my hands, have I done this? And God said unto him in a dream, Yea, I know that thou didst this in the integrity of thy heart. God agreed, God, God confirmed that Abimelech was a man of integrity. Why didn't God choose Abimelech and went to choose Abraham? Even here that we are talking, it is Abraham that is messing up. Is the one who is lying that is my sister and blah, blah, blah. Abimelech was a man of integrity when God chose Abraham. And his nation was a righteous nation by that standard. And because God was running a strategy, that is why he went for Abraham. So Abraham was not the best man around, but he was the one God decided to start with. Did I say something? This was what, what, what? The one God decided to start with. If, as we are sitting down, I decided, oh, today is my birthday. I want to bless everybody. And I counted the number. Then I have made a Ketra bake cake, fine cake. And the number is everybody here. Then I came with the cake. And then I went to Pastor Christian. And then I put the basket of cake. I said, Pastor Christian, this is for, for you. I didn't even say for everybody with my mouth, but I said, Pastor Christian, this is for you. And I left. And then Pastor Christian carried the basket and took it and put it in his car and drove off. <laughs> what will you say? Ah, you will chase him. Pastor Christian, you can't go. My own is there. My own is there. Everybody will collect his own because it is for everybody. In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed means that what I'm doing with Abraham is not for Abraham alone. It's for everyone. So all the people who are making Israel look like, oh, that's a promised land. That's a... You are not thinking. I'm not trying to downplay people, but you see, if you check the Bible, you understand these things very well. Abimelech was not part of God's plan, but God allowed that thing to happen for us to know that Abraham was not anything special. But he just, I'm running my strategy. The only wise God and his strategy. Praise the Lord. 
There was a place God said, I will make people who are not a people. I'll provoke you to jealousy by a people who are not known to be my people. Do you understand that? Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 21. Deuteronomy chapter... Is that a right one? They have moved... Yes, they have moved me to jealousy. With that which is not God. With that which is not... They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. And I'll provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. The, people, the nation they call foolish, I'll make them realize that you are no special. Because I was going with you, you are moving to jealousy by going after other gods. This, this scripture was echoed in Romans chapter 10, verse 19. But I say, did not Israel know? First, Moses said, I will provoke you to jealousy by them that are no people and by a foolish nation I will anger you. God is trying to let them know that look, whatever you have with me is not, not anything special. It's just that my spotlight is on you. I am not saying this for anybody to hate Israel. I make it look like Israel and us, we are all same. Everyone under the earth, in the eyes of God, we are all the same. And because the Israelites are making themselves look like idols of God on this earth, that is why Jesus came. You get the point now? And when Jesus met the woman at the well, you saw it clearly. In John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10, the woman said, but we don't have dealings with you. Samaritans have no dealings with Hebrews. And then Jesus got him, her into dialogue. And when Jesus got her into dialogue, he said, my, our parents were worshipping in the mountain and you said it's Jerusalem we should worship. But Jesus said, that is over now. The time cometh and now that no one goes to the, to the mountain to worship or to Jerusalem to worship. It's over now because God is a spirit. And everyone that worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. So forget about Israel. Forget about mountain. Forget about Jerusalem. Forget about Bupasso. You know, I went to Achia Mountain. Is that, is that that they call the place? Achia Mountain. And you know, once you go to Achia Mountain and come back, it's like you're a special Christian. Abba. Achia Mountain. Stay in your bedroom. Seek the face of God. Wherever you pray, he will hear. Achia Mountain, so what? Or Achimata Forest. Even now, Achimata Forest, they are selling it too. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. God is not in any geographical locality. God is inside your heart. Praise the Lord. And that is why Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, ah, we know that you are a man, you are, you are a teacher. Come from God. For no one can do this miracle that thou doest. John chapter 3. Except God be with him. He said, hey, let, me, let me not waste time with talk. Verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. James, I said, ah, why are you talking like that? What is born again? Do I have to enter my mother's womb and be born the same time? I said, Abba. 
I thought you understand these things. You are a teacher of the Jews. Except a man be born of spirit. Baptized in the spirit means born of the spirit. And of water cannot enter. Hallelujah. Yeah. Okay. Now understand. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Hello? Nicodemus understood it. Ah. So we are joking here. Now we are calling ourselves rabbi, rabbi, rabbi. We don't know anything. We are not anywhere in the plan of God until we are born of the spirit and born of water. So Nicodemus understood. I'm sure he got born again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, am I saying something at all? Now look at uh, Cornelius. I don't want to quote scripture again because I think, um, but you know, Acts chapter 10. God gave testimony about Cornelius from the beginning of that scripture that he was a devout man. One that fears God. One that gives arms. He does what God likes him to do. Cornelius. And one day God called him in a dream and said, Cornelius, everything you are doing, I've seen it. Cornelius was not an Israelite. But when Jesus came, Jesus said, now the Israel thing is over. We are starting the, the, the real one now. That's why he met the woman there. Because he knew that the woman would be one of the people who would bring the Samarians, Samaritans into the fold. Said so Peter, go, go to Cornelius. Because I have seen him that he is a devout man. He does everything that I expect the Israelites to do. And now he's even giving arms. So go there. Peter decided to go and Jesus knew in Peter's heart what he was thinking. So he had a dream and he saw a sheep came down and then there are, there are pigs and snakes and all manner of animals. And he says, stand up, cook and eat. Kill and eat. And Peter said, no, not so. We don't eat these things here. And Jesus told him, how dare you? Acts chapter 10. How dare you? How dare you? Cook and clean what which I've made clean. Go there now and do it. And so he went. In verse 44, look at what happened. Till we get to 48. Why Peter yet spake these words to those people who he thought were Gentiles and they have no dealings. Why Peter yet speak those words? The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, Holy Ghost. And, and they of the circumcised which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. And look at what For they heard them speak with tongues, magnify God, and they then answered Peter. Can any, listen carefully, can any man forbid water that this should not be baptized? which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed them. 
day him to tarry certain days. While he was ministering the word like I was ministering, bah, Holy Ghost came upon them. They started blowing to and then they, everybody was hey, Gentiles too are speaking tongues like us. Say, what we thought you are special. Eh? And Peter said, Can anybody forbid water? They have to be baptized in the spirit and in water, born of spirit and what? Of water. You can't forbid them because they are born again. Look at verse 34 of that scripture. Peter opened his mouth. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Oh, of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. Then he went on, but in every nation, he that feareth him and walketh righteousness is what? Accepted of him. So what about Abraham? What about Israel? They were just a strategy. They were just a strategy for God to come in. But they were not any special from you and I. We are all the same in the eyes of God. And what about circumcision? He said, they that were of circumcision, when they saw them speaking, in tongues, they said, ah, how can you be speaking our own? We, the circumcision people, we are the ones who should be speaking tongues. How come you are speaking? Who gave you tongues? And one who gave you tongues gave us also tongues. Why? Because the one who gave you tongues knows that we are the same. Is somebody listening to what I'm talking about? I'm saying this not because hey, this man doesn't like Israel. No! I am breaking that yoke that makes us look like if you go to Israel, then you are a better Christian. And you have to go to Israel to, to be baptized in Jordan. It's all not anything important anymore. And please don't call that place the holy land anymore. The whole earth belongs to God. That's why Jesus said, not Jerusalem. Is it not the holy land? Say, don't bother about it. No mountain. Actual mountain. Don't bother about it. Because God is a spirit. And they that are worshiping inside you. When they say, low there, low here, low there, say, don't go anywhere. For the heavens the kingdom of heaven is within. So a man's heaven is inside him. A man's God is inside him. That is why Holy Ghost is in me, is in you. A man's Jesus is inside him, not outside. So do not be looking for Jesus outside. Your Jesus is inside. It's in your heart. It's in my heart. The same Jesus that is in your heart is the same Jesus in my heart. God is so wise that he distributed himself into every one of us. So we carry him around. When Jesus was here, he was alone here. But now when he went into the spirit, he said it's expedient so that all of you can have me. Hallelujah. Is it making sense now? Praise the Lord. So when you look at everything we are talking about here, you realize that all those things about circumcision and the, the, these ones are is not anything at all. They circumcise their foreskin. Where is their foreskin? The man's manhood or private part, right? In the man's body, what does the private part do? Produces life. True or false? That is where children are born from. 
So, where life comes from should be circumcised. That's why the woman's own is not circumcised because the woman doesn't produce life. It is a man that produces life. Are you getting it? So where life comes from, that is where circumcision takes place. In the book of Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, get your heart, keep your heart with all diligence. For what? Out of it are the issues of life. So if he's coming to physical, keep that place with all diligence because out of them, children are born. Life is produced. He said, now shift from that place. Your heart. Because your heart is where life is produced. That is why circumcise your heart. So before God, God made the Israelites to circumcise their foreskin as a pattern for us to understand because nobody sees the heart that he's talking about. But when you look at how it pained you when it was done, in the physical, and you know what it meant, then you know when you become born again, that is exactly what has happened to your heart. Praise the Lord. Did it make sense to you? So that is why in Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 25, 26, it says, Behold, the days come, see the Lord, that I will punish all them which are circumcised and uncircumcised. Why? Egypt, I'll punish him. Judah, circumcised people, I'll punish them. Edom, I'll punish them. Children of Ammon, uncircumcised. I'll punish them. Moab, I'll punish them. Remember that Judah is in the list, oh. Huh? And all that are in the uttermost corners that dwell in the wilderness. For all these nations are what? Uncircumcised, including Judah, including Israel. All these nations are uncircumcised. And all the house of Israel are uncircumcised in their heart. So it means that what God did in the Old Testament is nothing special. It's not the main thing. Every new, every first move of God is not the main move. So all those things that we are, they are turning it into a tradition, they are turning it into, into a religion, it's not, you are, you, are, you are worshiping a religion which is just to be discarded. For you to see the real one. The real one is Jesus Christ. The real one. Those who can accept Jesus Christ. Once you are able to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, your heart is circumcised. Because it takes humility to accept him. It's, that's why the Jews, majority of them have not accepted Jesus Christ. They are not circumcised. Because how can I accept a man as my savior? You get the point? It is difficult for a proud man to accept another proud man. So even there and then, the Jews, they saw everything Jesus did. They saw it. When Pontius Pilate was asking, Jesus and Barabbas, who should I release? They knew that Jesus has opened eyes of blind men. They knew that Jesus had made the land to, to walk. They knew Lazarus' family, they were there. The Talitha Kumi, their father, they were all there. All the leprous people that Jesus healed, their relationships, they were there. They all had the news about what Jesus had done. What about Barabbas? He's a thief. Goes about stealing and killing and raping and everything. Now they put Jesus on one side. They put Barabbas on one side. Nobody talked for Jesus. 
All the people that Jesus fed, 5,000 people and 2,000 people that he gave free bread, they were all there. That they were running around to look, to look for him, to carry him, to make him a king because of bread. They were all there. When the time came for them to truly make him a king, they denied him. Do you know why? Pride. Pride. They denied him. Because their hearts, you need a heart of circumcised, a circumcised heart to accept Jesus. So Nicodemus was born again when he came. Because his heart was ready for accepting Jesus. Joseph of Arimathea was one of them. He was born again. When they were talking, they said, have you also become his disciple? So you cannot accept Christ if you are not humble. That is why the one who, who by the Holy Ghost is the only one who can say Jesus is Lord. The one who has the Holy Spirit. Somebody here who I'm talking about? So being really circumcised is accepting Jesus as your God. He was in the world. The world was made by him. The world knew him not. He came to his own. His own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Paul once uncircumcised as Saul. And he was killing the people who have accepted Jesus. Maiming them, killing and Stephen was killed because of that. And one day, Jesus revealed himself to Paul. He saw the light. He struck him down. He said, my Lord and my God. One day, Paul was walking about and was talking to his son Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16. And then he told Timothy that, look, there's no controversy about this. God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit. Sin of angels. Preach unto Gentiles. Believe on in the world. Receive up in glory. God came. Paul said that. At that time, his heart was circumcised. Somebody here I'm talking about. So circumcised heart is a heart that genuinely accept that Jesus is God. Not the one who is going to stand in the altar. What did you accept? Who is that person? What about Nyami? We are sure, sir, BBI, okay. Hallelujah. Are you checking my tree? <laughs> Amen. You need to know Jesus. Look, it takes humility to accept Jesus as God. I, when you, when you wake me up and you ask me who is Jesus, I say he's my almighty God. That truth has entered into my veins that God became a man made himself a son for me to discover him. When we were growing up, we used to do game. And the game is hide and seek. You go and hide. And then the one who is able to catch you is the winner. Jesus is hiding. God is hiding as a, a human being, son of God. The wise men were the first to come and locate him. You can't hide from us. We are the wise men from far east. We noticed you before you came. We came to uncover you. 
and people are still uncovering them, uncovering him, and I'm one of them. Isaiah chapter 45, verse 15. Verily thou art a God that hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. The Savior, God of Israel, is hiding himself. Who among people who call themselves Christians can be able to discover him like the wise men discovered him when he had not done anything? When he was just a baby, they discovered him. Now Jesus had done so many things that God should do. And a lot of people have joined other religions who don't know anything, who read the Bible like the lame. And they are also saying Jesus is not God. So sad and foolish. The second size are not the people who are at war. Even though I sympathize with them seriously. The war that is going on, I'm not happy at all because the Hamas people, they are misbehaving. But I don't view that war with, with spiritual, I mean, spirituality in mind. I view that war as a civil human being. Not because they are the people of the Bible. No. They are just good people. And other people are misbehaving around them. Not because they are God's people. We are all God's people who have gone astray. And when we give our life to Christ, then we become his children. Romans chapter 2, verse 28. Let me run up with that. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is a concession that which is of the heart. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. Hmm? That of the heart in the spirit and not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men, but of God. Now let me tell you why God picked Abraham. If you check from Genesis, Satan has decided that he will, he's fighting God. So every good thing God is doing, Satan is standing on the side to contaminate it. So Adam and Eve were created. Satan stood on the side, contaminated them. Cain and Abel were born. Satan stood on the side, contaminated Cain, and he killed Abel. And then Noah, thank God that Enoch went. Noah, God took him that now I can, out of you, I can build a family from you. Immediately after the flood, Satan came and contaminated. Noah went to booze. And Ham came to look at his nakedness. And Noah cursed him. And that family became what led to Tower of Babel. Are you getting it now? So there was a contamination when they were building the tower. God was trying to get a family from himself, for himself. The contamination was coming. Contamination was coming. So when he got to Tower of Babel and now they are now they are now becoming many. There were many when he wiped them out and picked a few to try to work with them. Are you getting the picture now? And now God gave, God said, I am making a covenant. I won't destroy you people again. But then I need something like what I did with Noah, which spoiled. So what I'll do is I'll divide you people. 
language, 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 language. Then I'll pick one person out of it. It's just like the Noah's Ark and all the rest were killed by flood and he picked Noah's family. This time around, he didn't kill anybody. Then he decided, he took Abraham, leave your father's house. We are going on a journey. It's like Noah, enter the ark. We are going on a journey. Are you getting it? The same pattern. Are you catching the pattern now? These are the things you look at. Then you understand that the Bible is God's book. So he took Noah on. And as Noah was going, Abraham, as he was going, Isaac came. And he kept reminding them, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Jacob was a supplanter. Apache. You know, 419 man. But God said, well, I picked your grandfather. I can't kill you. Let's go. You will change. So, organization made him to go to his uncle who he met. Senior 419. So, let's do it. 419, 419. By the time Jacob was coming back, he don't tire for 419. I don't want the thing again. That was when he went to wrestle with God. God changed my story. God bless me. God changed my story. God bless me. He said, what do you want? He said, I want you to bless me. He said, what's your name? Israel. He said, what's your name? Jacob. You are no more Jacob, Israel. Then God, out of that cunning man, he brought the Abraham type of person from him. The same person. And out of him, 12 tribes. Are you getting it? The same pattern until he got to Israel. And when he got to Israel, he decided, okay, now it is time to shift them. Then move them to Egypt. And when they move them to Egypt, there the contamination, Satan's domain, contamination took place. Because at that time, God was running the same strategy. The strategy, the, the strategy of the only wise God. So, now they were leaving Egypt already contaminated. Because he knew they, they were so contaminated, he picked Moses. It took Moses to Egypt. Now, listen to me. Moses learned principles and good values among the Egyptians. Are you getting it now? So, it's not that the Egyptians that Satan people know. Their strategy is still working. They were good Egyptians. Just like right now, they are good Muslims. But the only thing is they've not seen the light. So, it took them took him and gave them to the Egyptians. And because God knew that the Egyptians and their way of life will better Moses better than the Jews. Because the Jews have become religious and proud and contaminated. But the Egyptians were educated. You know? And then the royal families, there are things they don't do. There are things they do. You get it? So he learned royalty. These people were slaves. So their thinking was slavery. Moses was, a ro was trained by the royals. He went to school. God needed that aspect of them, just like God needed the aspect of Saul of Tarsus to make him a Christian. God needed the aspect of how the Egyptians think and behave. And so it took Moses there. And when Moses went to do all that and brought him back, then Moses now came to misbehave against them and he ran to exile. The exile was God separating Moses like he separated Abraham and took Moses to where he could train him. 
And there he met his father-in-law who was a priest. You think he was a bad man? You think somebody who God would destroy? No, he was a priest. God sent him to a priest. So he was not an Israelite. He was an Ethiopian, an African, a priest. So there were a lot of good people on the earth. But because of God's strategy, he knew what he was doing. And when Moses, because he knows that it is that side that I'll come from. Moses went through the training of the priesthood and married the priest's wife and then and priest's daughter. And one day Moses was going diligently with his business. And then God appeared to him in a burning bush. And God showed him that it is time to use you to get them out. And that is how Moses went and brought them out. And in the journey, God was sifting them up. Sifting them up. Sifting them up. Those who were misbehaving, they died. The snake were biting them. And then when the snake were biting, they went to Moses. Moses said, okay, look at this one. One day, one day, one day. It will come again. Oh, focus on this snake. You'll be saved. They focused and they were saved. And then gradually, gradually, they now went to the land. And in the land, Israel spreaded. And God looked for a virgin. A virgin. Clean chassis. Not contaminated. Because God wouldn't want the contamination. And out of it, he came. Because he has prophesied from Genesis that he was coming. He has prophesied through Isaiah that he was coming. And all these things was his strategy to come. And he ran it and ran it and ran it until he got to where they will be in, 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 the, in Canaan. And then he came through Mary. And from that moment, there's a shifting. That is why the wise men came to identify him. That God has come. Are you getting it? God has come. And so a new government has started. The government shall be upon his shoulder. A new government. What is the government? Spiritual government. So when Pontius Pilate said, can't you talk? This, I said, my government is not here. If my government is here, my, my subjects will fight. A spiritual government. And that spiritual government, there is no Jew. There is no Gentile, physically speaking. But they are children of God. Born of the spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. You have to be born again. So don't attend church as a physical person. Attend church as a spirit being. Born of the spirit. When you wake up in the morning, talk to your spirit father. When you walk about, know that you are carrying heaven about. Jesus is inside you. That is you. Born again child of God. That is what Jesus came to do. That has brought us to where we are. We are children of God. When you speak, speak like a child of God. When you think, think like a child of God. When you act, act like a child of God. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is Wow! That was Pastor Franz, the Apostle of Diversity. For more of Pastor Franz's messages, you can also subscribe to Diversity Broadcasting Network on YouTube. Jesus is God Almighty.